0: Welcome to Here Comes Yesterday, a weekly 15-minute podcast full of useful memories for dealing with the world ahead with your host, Frank Corrado. The title of this podcast is Fatherhood. In 1842, 100 years before I was born, the Hudson River Valley painter Thomas Cole created a memorable series of four paintings that he titled The Voyage of Life. The paintings were an attempt to represent the major stages in our lives. They were titled Infancy, Youth, Manhood, and Old Age. In the first, an infant is safely ensconced in a protected boat, watched over by an angel. In the second painting, a young man confidently grabs the tiller and leaves the shore. He sees in the distance a castle, which represents dreams for the future. In the third painting, Manhood, storm clouds have gathered, the tiller is broke, the waters are angry, the man is on his knees, his hands are grasped in prayer, and he heads towards an uncertain future. In the final picture, an old man is guided towards a break in the clouds by an angel. His faith has been rewarded. A more recent take on these stages of life Comes from Babalu Mandel, who wrote the following for his script for the 1991 movie City Slickers. Maybe you remember that movie. Here's this excerpt When you're a teenager, you think you can do anything, and you do. Your 20s are a blur. Your 30s, well, you raise a family, make a little money, and you think to yourself, what happened to my 20s? 40s, you grow a little pot belly, you grow another chin. The music gets too loud. An old girlfriend from high school becomes a grandmother. In your 50s, you have a minor surgery. You call it a procedure, but it's a surgery. In your 60s, you'll have a major surgery. The music is still loud, but you can't hear it anyway. In your 70s, you and the wife retire to Fort Lauderdale. You eat dinner at two in the afternoon, lunch around 10 a.m., breakfast the night before. You spend most of your time in the malls looking for that ultimate soft yogurt and muttering, how come the kids don't call? In the 80s, you'll have a major stroke. You end up babbling to a Jamaican nurse that your wife can't stand, but whom you call mama. Any questions? For most of us today, the storm clouds of adults still buffet us our jobs, our kids, our society. For some of us, we're at Thomas Cole's fourth stage, making peace with this world and looking towards that break in the clouds. We call it heaven. When you think about it, the Bible is to a great extent based on fatherhood, God the Father, Jesus his Son. All through the New Testament, Jesus refers to his Father. There are references all over the place. And then there is Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, surely one of the most underrated fathers of all time, the adoptive father of Jesus Christ. He went through great difficulties to protect his wife and their baby, then saw to his son's education and needs as he was growing up. Joseph taught Jesus the carpentry trade. Looking at the Old Testament, we have so many examples of fathers who were challenged. Adam, who had to deal with fratricide between Cain and Abel. Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, who was ready to sacrifice his son in obedience to God. Isaac, who could have resented his father but did not. Jacob, who was a rascal and stole Esau's birthright but went on to father the 12 tribes of Israel. And of course, Moses led the people of God out of the desert and was the father figure for his nation. And David, though he was a scoundrel, repented after God helped him slay Goliath and went on to father the great Solomon. I'm afraid that I am, to a great extent, one of those people who believes that biology is destiny. Like the song, I believe that the fundamental things apply as time goes by. So I know that with fatherhood, there is a distinction between becoming a father And being one. For a guy, becoming a father is so easy. Your hormones are driving you crazy. She's very comely. The attraction is physical and it's overwhelming. You find yourself talking to her about love and the future. She knows that you've got the hots and you've got them bad. And she does too. But at the same time, she's seeing the long game. She has to. She knows motherhood will be a big commitment more than marriage even. The deal is struck, and voila, a child is on the way. But for a guy, being a father, well, that's another story. I suppose we could start here with the lyrics from Gus Kahn's famous song, folks. That's what you get, folks, for making be. Yes, becoming a father was easy. Being a father, certainly not. Traditionally, a father's job is to support a family so a mother can raise children. It's his job to provide shelter and security. As the children grow up, it's up to him to join and support the mother in teaching the children important things in life. Love, respect, industry, courage, and so on. There's a lot of subtle imprinting going on. In my family, it explains why two of my three children are in business for themselves, as I was, as my father was. It also helps explain why a kid like me, who lived his entire life north of Madison Street in Chicago, is inexplicably a White Sox fan. Both moms and dads have day jobs nowadays but a mom also runs the house she knows when the birthdays are what day the teachers conferences take place when grandpa's coming over what's on the shopping list so some ask why are fathers necessary are they necessary well of course i come from a background of interesting fathers but i never really had a grandfather my father's dad francesco died in the 1918 influenza when my dad was only two years old. My dad, Mike, had to learn to be a dad on the fly. Francesco had been a bricklayer, but he was also smart enough to buy a two flat on the north side of Chicago that helped the surviving family of five get through the depression. My dad learned hard work and saving and how to be helpful at home and to make his own way. My other grandfather, Yusuf, Was something of a picaresque character. At age three he got lost on the boat coming over from Bohemia, only to be found riding the bowsprite and scaring his family half to death. As a young man he rode the rails across the country, covering almost 36 states. He ended up being shanghaied in San Francisco onto a whale hunting boat to Alaska. In middle age he was blinded in an accident and my mother had to care for him for 13 years because her own mother had died when she was just 17. My parents were married in the very first year of World War II. I was a war baby, and while I got my education in parochial schools, I got them from a wonderful order of Irish nuns called the Sisters of Charity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. But my high school and college education came from men, we called them fathers. I happily recall a number of them who saw potential in me and helped me develop and grow at some of those tough stages of youth. They really were fathers to me. My many years in various Catholic parishes throughout Chicago also put me in the company of many men I have been glad to call father as well. Much of my life has been reflective of my comfort level in the company of fathers, boys, men. I was fortunate enough to serve in Vietnam with the courageous men of the 101st Airborne Division, and later with some hard-boiled journalists from around the world. I had learned the news business with a group of male journalists at a small TV station in South Bend. I would interject here that after all that male influence, I went on to become a charter member of the U.S. EPA in Chicago, and built a staff solely of professional young women. I could say I needed a break, but more importantly, they did too, and it helped open the door at this agency of engineers and scientists. During my career, I had also the joy of being a Cub Scout Master and a Boy Scout Master, helping kids, including my own, to reach the rank of Eagle Scout. I got four of them there. 20-plus years ago, I went on to the pastor of my church and asked to restart a holy name men's group. We're still going at it, except, of course, for this time of COVID. At the height of the sex abuse crisis, I took on a job as a communications and fundraising professional for the National Federation of Priest Councils, better known as the Priest Union. So with so many wonderful men in my life, my culture my church, now in the past, I have had no excuse for not being a good father. Yet I see in many men better examples of fatherhood than myself. Some men have a really, really good knack for it, a natural knack. Looking back now, I think I've been blessed with three fundamentally high-principled children and three grandsons in whom I have found great happiness. Even now, as I work seven days a week. As a partner with my youngest son at our Michigan blueberry farm, I recall Angelo Rancali, known as Pope John XXIII, saying many years ago that he yearned not so much to be Pope, but to spend time in the fields with his brothers. I get that. I don't mind being called Pop, Gramps, Dad, the old man. I'm 78, but my mind often fools me into thinking I'm still 50. And I dream the dream of the great Illinois statesman Adelaide Stevenson, who once said, "When I grow old, I want to sit under a tree, drink wine, and watch children play." That's it for this time. Another bride another June another sunny honeymoon another season another reason for making boo be. You've been listening to Here Comes Yesterday, a podcast full of useful memories for dealing with the world ahead. Your ideas and reactions can also be very useful. Contact Frank Corrado via email at corrado at c4m.com. That's C-O-R-R-A-D-O at the letter C, the number 4, the letter m.com This is Mel Zellman. Thank you for listening, and catch us next time.